Hey everybody, on this episode of the MacGyver After Show, we're breaking down Season 1, Episode 8, Corkscrew. We're going to find out how Angus MacGyver meets his opposite number for the reimagined first time. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ah, yes. Never gets old. That sweet. It's a great. It's a great theme song. song. Yes, I, I like the. Uh, they kind of reimagine it a little bit, and the but we don't get enough of it. I don't think no. on the show. There's kind of like it's not even thirty seconds. It's like fifteen. Yeah, I feel like that was a great thing about like the eighties. Like you really, really got into you those did. themes. I, I yes. think back then they could, you know, yeah, play out the theme song, but they don't. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the MacGyver After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We'll be breaking down the entire season of MacGyver here, the 2016 reimagining of the series, right here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Brand. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. And I am Mike Kalinowski. You can find me at Mike Kalinowski. I don't have something snazzy like that. Uh, well, it's just is me there being... a th- is, I don't think I've ever asked you. Is there a, like a thing behind it? Or what is it? I don't know. For some reason, it's just like, well, I could do my name. But like, I, my name just seems so boring. And Happy Go Frank doesn't really have a nice ring to <laughs> nah, it. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And, and it's based on like an old Ray Romano sketch from SNL. Okay, like, well, there you so, go. There you go. All right. Uh, really hot talk right here on the MacGyver After Show. <laughs> if you want to hop out on this hot talk that we're doing here, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. And I mean, gosh, that uh, discussion on my Twitter handle alone. Should warrant those five stars. Yes, it should. <laughs> Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also hop in the chat. Mike has got his computer. Hey, look at that. I'm, I'm, look I, got the, I got the internet. I'm He's hooked up the, with the internet. <laughs> so you can hop on the chat, I share your thoughts about this. this episode. Oh, it's hot. Look at this already. It's hot. Mike it's using Frank, his it's excuse. You. Yeah, oh, I it's, wish. It's the vibes, already, man. I sit next that. to Roxy Stryer all the time, and I don't get that vibe. I got to mm. get this thing off here. He's already rocking the pecs and the guns. I'm getting down to brass tacks. Yeah, we're only like maybe two minutes into the show. Boom, the good stuff comes out. I got to. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hop in the chat, share your thoughts about Mike taking his jacket off, about this episode, or uh, the series in general. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> in general. Why not? Yeah, why not? There you go. So th- uh, there we go. So this is uh, episode eight, Corkscrew. This is finally where it, uh, one of MacGyver's most legendary opponents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to cut you uh, off there. From the original just, series, Murdoch, yeah. and now we get to see him in the 2016 reimagining. It's, ama- it's amazing because we had so much, so many concerns last episode uh, and last talk back, and it seemed like this was the one where a lot of the things we were having problems with were being addressed. Yes. It, so it was it was episode eight, right? Yep. So interesting. It's very, a lot to talk about today that I'm very uh, interested to hear uh, your, uh, uh, you know, your thoughts. Yeah. Now, I had, I, I'll be honest, I had not, I always, like, appreciated the idea of the uh, original MacGyver show, but never really caught any episodes. And uh, I was in a little bit of a Twitter conversation that I never got to finish with uh, Tanya on Twitter. Hello, Tanya. She's on the chat right now. Oh, look at that. Uh, and she asked if I had, uh, had a chance to watch any of the original episodes with Murdoch, because I know she was going to watch those in preparation for this ser- uh, episode when it aired on Friday, and I had not, and I didn't get a chance to, before we met tonight, to be able to watch one of the old school Murdoch MacGyver ones. Just I'm going to look up. I forgot the guy's name, but I'll look it up for Because I do remember Murdoch from the original show. Uh, it's kind of very same vibe with this guy, that kind of creepy, you know... Um, they didn't really go for a mirror image of MacGyver. Usually when you've got your villain, they do a mirror image kind of where mm-hmm. he's like, looks similar, but just bad version. Well, he, the Murdoch was always an unhinged. This guy was really, really kind of out there. So how does, uh, so kind of, did you appreciate this kind of reimagining of this character? Was it- yeah. It's kind of interesting because remember we talked about, we saw the, the teaser and he had the mask. 
Yes. But now we saw what that was. <laughs> <laughs> a little goofy, because in the original, he was a master of disguise. He was always doing the Mission Impossible face pull mask thing. Uh, so that's kind of what I thought we were going to be getting, but we didn't. He used the mask, I guess, to conceal his identity that uh, Bozer built. Yeah. The, the George Washington. And he <laughs> yes. looked, looked kind of funny ducking around shooting with the George Washington mask on. But uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I that actor, David Damastikian, I believe his name is, he was in The Dark Knight and then in Ant-Man. So that's where I know him from. He was okay. in The Dark Knight. He was the guy that uh, fake shot Gordon with the Joker during the whole uh, parade. Okay. that He was that guy that Harvey Dent that starts uh, trying to shoot with and flipping the coin. And then in Ant-Man, he was one of uh, Scott Lang's crew. He was the Russian. Oh, and nice. That, yeah. So I've seen that actor before. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's really very talented actor. Uh, and you can definitely see why they cast him. He's very unhinged. He's got that kind of something's not right in his head thing, well, which was I'll, interesting. All I kept on saying was when I, well, I kept thinking when I was watching this version of Murdoch, it's like, you know, why why isn't Mike playing this role? Mike got, Mur- that, Mike got that breakdown. He could have been That's, playing. You got that right. I got that breakdown. <laughs> definitely would not have been the way they would have gone for me. Uh, I don't know if I would have pulled off the crazy like that guy did. Uh, well, let, let's jump into, into it there. Uh, Go we for start it. off with uh, Mac and some lady friend uh, trapped in a library. And we find out that it's good old Professor Intrigue's escape room. Have you ever done one of those? I have done an escape room. And oh. it, was, it was fun, but also I forgot that it was just a... I forgot the point of it, escape room. Because when we got out of it, I'm like, oh, that's it, we're done? And then I realized, wait, it's just a room. It's not like a house, it's just a oh, room. Oh, you thought you were going to have to like, go into another room and yeah, get out of that I thought one. it was going to last a lot longer. I was like, that's Did it? Did they blindfold you going in? No, we didn't. We walked right in through a door, and then that he started. It was, it was like a back, like sitting like the the nineteen thirties. It was like a, some like a, you're trapped in a library of somebody that is was uh, luring women home to his house and then killing them. And they were oh, so to they give you a story. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've never, I've never done, done one. I never done one. I uh, my ego and my pride doesn't know if I could do it because if I couldn't solve it, being the huge like Batman fan that I am. And I can't solve it, and it's really going to knock my ego down. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to think I could, you know, solve it by myself, probably, but I don't. I don't well, know if my my fragile ego can take it. Because I think the idea of the escape room is that safety in numbers. If you bring in like seven or eight people, that increases the odds of you getting out. Eight minds working together, hopefully, are hopefully, better than yes. Unless you got a bunch of idiots yeah. with you, then you're like, you guys are dragging me down. Yeah, <laughs> I got to cut my cut my losses. Stand in the corner. I'll, I got this. <laughs> I got this, guys. It's also more people to blame if you don't make it out. Yeah, like, I would have had it if it wouldn't have been for these dummies. Oh God, they were. Getting my way, yeah. But for two people, I think yeah. that increases the odds uh, astronomically. And I don't know if that'd be like the first idea for like a great first date with somebody to go to an escape room because I figure that's well. Isn't the what's, what's the theory of uh, first dates? Take them to a horror film because the adrenaline of watching a horror film gets them all. It's the chemicals in your brain you know, tracks and whatnot because it's a horror film. That's what yeah. they say. Maybe this has the same effect: building your adrenaline. I guess so, but then if you felt like the person that you were with is making all these dumb idea observations or dumb jumps in logic, you're like, oh, "Am I with this person?" I'm stuck. Yeah. Or if you're you're an idiot and you're like, yes. "I can't get us out of here." You're like this guy can't. What? This is terrible. I can't possibly marry that, a man that like this. That is, you're chancing it. If yeah. You're taking a date to an escape room, or unless you have done it previously and you come back and you solve it. Like Best that. that you're always taking the same date ah, back hey, to the same one. There we go. There we go. It's all for you guys. Some dating <laughs> advice from Mikey Christmas. That's right. As the uh, as the same people working the escape room. Oh, nice to see you again, Mr. Kalinowski. Uh, what do you mean? My Who? first time here. What? <laughs> uh, but I guess if you're going to be stuck in an escape room, the one person to have by your side is MacGyver. That's exactly right. Yeah. It, although, okay, so he's getting in the escape room, and there she's all kind of like this is her thing, and she has a perfect record. 
a little competitive girl. I don't know if I would go for that type of girl, but <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, is he just is he kind of taking it easy because he's doesn't want to show her up? But not really. He was just kind of you know. I don't know if he didn't want to cheat or what. Like, I, I think he'd get out of these things pretty darn easily. Yeah. I mean, but, when he makes a black light right there, uh, I was like, oh, all right. Now this, I want to test that one out. That seems like it's, we're not got chemicals, so I'm not going to blow myself up. Yes. When you take a cell phone, I find it a little weird that they had a floppy disk in there. I don't think many of the audience knows what a floppy yeah. disk like that one was. You know, and to have that in the drawer, I'm kind of like, oh, did they, would they right. around there? But. So that's something I was like, all right, that makes sense. And logic again on that show, could it work? Yeah, but the only, the weird thing is like you really didn't need to make a black light because I assume if they're going to want you to find that clue, there probably was some sort of black light around right. there for you to shine yeah. on there. But I think they had to give Max something to do. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, because she, she, I think she even said, I think I, I, there's got to be a black light. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, I'll just make one instead. Okay. You know, Check hey, me out. Yeah. I'm going to show off. Don't don't mind me. <laughs> Uh, uh, but interesting because usually all our intros have always been like catching them in the middle of an operation. And I thought that because the music was heightened and had the, they set it up so they were messing with us, which they like to do on that show, which I, I enjoy. They improvised a little different element. I there. think that goes back to this show. We've seen a formula happen. Mm-hmm. And this that first episode, the first the teaser of it broke that formula. And then as we devolved more into the episode, they were kind of breaking the norms of the traditional show, the beats. Look at you. Like, you're in the writer's room at that moment. They're like, guys, Maybe. we got to twist things up. Yeah. It's a corkscrew. We're twisting it up. <laughs> Hello. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we heading back. Uh, of course, the date's over. Max back at his place. Because he put the, put the moves on her. We got, the ki- got the kiss. That's all he needed. Yeah, like, he went uh, in for it. It's ballsy, Max. <laughs> ballsy. Uh, so he gets back, and Bozer uh, made, yeah. made, made some... Ivan, in the chats, he's macking on her. Nicely done. That's very well played. That's bravo. Bravo. Uh, but then we go back to the house, and the minute they go to the apartment, in my head I'm like, oh, here comes the apartment scene. And there it was. Yes. I'm like, ah, here we go. Uh, Two minutes of Bozer. And I don't know if I want my, my, my roommate like strewing rose petals on the ground and making like a lunch for me. <laughs> a really elaborate lunch, like a turkey and stuff out there. I'm like, what is this? Well, it's kind of... Like, he's, he's not really a deadbeat roommate, you know? He's not really, because he's got a job until, you know... Now he doesn't, but <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, all, right, all right, if I came home with rose petals and stuff, I'd be like, no rose petals. Yeah. Why's a mess? Come on, clean yeah. this up. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, man. So I want to ask you, do you agree with, because uh, Bozer, he has his job, but he said he got promoted, but he quit because he doesn't want his job to become his career because his real passion is filmmaking. And he'll, he'll get shackled down. Yes. Would you agree with that concept? I absolutely agree. Uh, I think the term, I've, I've heard it before and I've used it, I think, on myself over the years, is the golden handcuffs. You know, job, well-paying, good hours, and, but it's not what you want to do, and people call it the golden handcuffs, because it's nice to have, but it shackles you down to uh, from what you want to do, and for him, it's filmmaking. That's true, and then if you get too comfortable in that, then all of a sudden you feel like you lazy. can't leave. Yeah, yeah, lazy, yeah. or you're like, I can't leave this now. Right. I, I have too many. I, I bought that, that super cool car. <laughs> yeah. I made my back I got payments <laughs> now. I got, pay, <laughs> yes. I got car payments. I got... Electronic payments, so I got these escape rooms, man. They're not cheap. Every time, <laughs> if I'm going to be making out with these girls, oh, I got to yeah. keep keep this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, but Max stands by his best friend, and I like that. He's a good guy. I, yeah, he says, you know, all right, I respect somebody that's going to take a leap of faith yep. right there. Uh, good, good. For, well, we'll see how it turns out for Bozer. We don't know. Mm, I don't know. Uh, but then we find out that uh, Mac, of course, gets called back to the Phoenix Foundation. Now, this is something I, I did want to talk about because the episodes I've seen, they've never done for me, and they usually do in every episode, an establishing shot of where. And this is any TV show; they'll do an establishing shot of the base. And then they'll cut to the scene of them in it, and it always goes into the scene. And I've never really liked the design of the Phoenix Foundation to me. I don't know why. And now today, in this last episode, we got an outside view of it. And it didn't It seemed weird because it's an outside building, not surrounded by anything, but they're always in that room, and there's a window with a forest behind them. Yeah, because... Now, I don't know. I think, I don't know if they're saying, well, that's an atrium, and the building is built around the middle, but it's just mm -hmm. the way it's... And I know, guys, it is nitpicky, but... Watching so much television for me, and I love set design and good set design. This to me, the people that are putting together the the, the um, uh, B roll footage of the outside of the building are not meshing what their what their set is because it just doesn't read right for me. I yeah, because I'm trying it's to think so it's, little, but no, I understand that because you're thinking it's supposed to be in LA somewhere. I can't think like yeah. where you would be that you'd get that kind of view. Right, and with the jungle box. Now, it looks like a jungle to me, but it, I think it's some forest. <laughs> but this building seems very standalone by itself, and I don't know why they felt the need. It just doesn't match. But again, it is so nitpicky. I know that, guys. I, I know. It's no, like hey, that. See, but look at that. Then that's a poor job of a set decorator or it's an art not design. And it, I'll get into. We're going to get. There's a couple more episode instances that have happened in this episode where I don't think all parties, because a TV show, a network especially, or any TV show. So many pieces are coming together. And on good television shows, they all gel. Mm -hmm. And on other television shows, A is not talking to B, which is talking to C. And there's three things that have happened in this episode where I'm kind of like some... Ooh. We're not talking Ooh. here. It's, it's, and it's ringing false to me. But we'll get into it as Ooh, we go I'm on. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited right. to hear this. I'll drop my drop them. Uh, so we find out that uh, as uh, Thornton says, hey, guess what? There's this uh, people, a person behind these different assassinations, and it was all done by the same man. Suspect 218. 218. I like that. Yeah. So S218, as they like to call him there, uh, they find out he likes to contact his targets before he kills them. With the, like, with a it was a, like quotes right yeah yeah it wasn't even riddles were they riddles or were they kind of unsolvable riddles wasn't it like uh, well I feel like quotes because like one was like from was it Alice in Wonderland yeah I'm I think I'm getting them confused with the Riddler storyline I'm reading yeah, right now yeah it was now. pretty <laughs> simple like because it wasn't too complex yeah it wasn't there wasn't anything to solve it was just but I was curious as to did they have relation to the victim or it was just he's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't. That I don't know because we didn't get into his his victims at all. That's very true. Uh, but we found out he's been hired to kill somebody in the states, but they don't know who the target is or who hired him. Uh, but they do know that this Indian diplomat has just landed in the states and he's carrying some info. A diplomatic pouch. Yes, you, that, you we can't look in those. No, you know, that, that's you know. That's right. It, they look like the little trapper keepers that I used to keep my pencils in in elementary school. But he had one. It's a diplomatic pouch. That's why like you, you're taking an entire country right there in that little pouch. Now I was can. I hope I wasn't confused because it's going to make me sound pretty stupid. Uh, so this guy that was bringing the pouch in to hand off, was that the guy that was hiring Murdoch and these were his targets? I think he was just the messenger. I think he was just the, the middleman middle from yeah. something, someone to someone. But because he's had the diplomatic immunity, he could get it in. Yes. Okay. All right. And so if, you're like, if we follow him, he's going to eventually meet up with S218 and then, right. we can, then we get everything we need. Yeah. Uh, and at the banquet, yeah, it was some like kind of like lofty, some art gallery kind of deal. It was an art gallery, yeah. yeah. And Riley, 
She looked great. Man, for, I think this is the first time I've ever seen her with her hair oh down. Oh my gosh. It was a different person. Yeah. But it looked great. She looked really good. And I did not, it's always tough to tell when somebody has their hair up, like how long their hair really yeah. goes. She, and I was like, wow, that is long. I mean, she's, always, she's very striking, but yes. in that outfit. Holy know. cow, yeah. Uh, so we do find out that uh, they make the exchange. Uh, and the guy that has it, uh, S218, is now escaping down the uh, with coat. Yeah, with, with the, the red coat. coat. And I do like that Magno is like, we can't catch him going on the stairs. So he uses some wiring under <laughs> the lights. Doll's chasing after him. I love it, of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, they, and he shocks the railing. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool move. Again, it goes back to, I think, the last episode with the using the gasoline to trap him. They always subvert the way I think. Because I've seen, you know, we've seen chases like this all the time. And it's constantly, how do you challenge the audience's perception of what's going to how they're going to get it and, and they're very clever in, in what they do yeah because at first i thought he was going to hold on to the wire and, like jump and like that's use what that. i thought yes. jump down and like st- get in front of him or something yeah nope uh, it just shocks the heck out of him yeah but uh not long enough for uh he just stuns him momentarily because yeah. by the time they get down the stairs he's already gone but he left a piece of paper behind a photo mm. of his intended target yeah and there it is good old cheesy cheesy mac with that wine glass hey, he's just sitting outside <laughs> on his linay <laughs> Having a wine. Um, <laughs> I'm always like, man, that's a cheesy photo. I'm glad they addressed that in the next one because Mac knows immediately who hired this person. Right. There's only one person in the world that has this cheesy photo of me drinking wine in Ohio. <laughs> hey, I remember she showed me that and I looked ridiculous. I told her to delete it and she did it. <laughs> and that's Nikki, our girl Nikki, finally coming back to, to haunt. This is the first time she's been back, isn't it? They talk a lot yes. about her, but this is the first we've gotten of her. First, first peak. Did she look different to you? Because I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch the pilot because I don't know if they just. I think the hair was straighter. Okay. Yeah. Something was, was more I was like, curly. is that the same actress? And I went back and looked, and of course it was, but I, it, it did throw me for a second. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's cool that they figure, like, our Mac's the intended target. So, of course, if that's the case, uh, Mac, Mac uh, doesn't want to be, uh, Thornton doesn't want Mac out in the field. Right. He wants to keep him safe. Because if, like, yes. you know, if you die, that that's terrible that for everybody. Yeah. So he puts, uh, he, she puts him in protective custody. And I like putting him in a room and taking everything out of the room. Anything they could think of possibly that he could use as a way to escape. And which was smart. I was kind of like, okay, how are we, we going to get out of this one? Yeah. and Because it is something like, how do you put uh, Mac, somebody that's always looking around for right. a way to use something, if, or not for its intended purpose. Right. How do you kind of keep him confined? Yeah. And I feel like the only way yeah. that was going to work is you'd have to bind it. Well, do you bind and, his and, hands? And last one, he got out of a Supermax prison, so... You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best uh, time to put them yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a locked room, so yeah, to speak. So it's, uh, but you know, again, it's interesting. You know, that the writers on this show have got a challenge every week. They really do. Yeah, whether it's to come up with something unique or you know to create a scenario for a hero that you know is pretty damn clever to get out of stuff. So, and I did like that he admits that it, if he'd been in a room that he hid that that in a in a building where he didn't know the codes yeah. ahead of time. It would take forever to break that code. Right. So that, at least that was close. Like, all right, he's not really trying to, to crack a code. He's merely just trying to find a way to input the correct Get numbers. Get those n- certain numbers in. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets out. And then I like this little moment here between Jack and Mac. Yes. Jack's already out there waiting for him, and yeah. he's got his back. He's like, I'm your I'm 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 driver. You know, it's funny because when he broke out of there, the minute he broke out, I wanted to see armed guards just sitting there going, nope, back in. Like, we knew <laughs> you were going to do this. We knew there was going to be a way you could get out of it. Nope, get back in there. And now they just were standing at the door. Mm. And then maybe Jack comes up behind him, you know, knocks him out. And he's like, come on, let's go, kid. Yeah. 
But they had that nice, cool moment. I did like that. It was like, I've got your back. You know, yeah. That was awesome. I feel I, I like that Jack just knows Mac well enough that, that he's like, he's not going to stay just sitting yeah. in that room all passive. He's going to get Those two out. are really good together. I really like them. Definitely. Uh, so he gets a t- Max get, Mac gets a text from a blocked number. Uh, and then it's uh, the sec- uh, text is, where seldom is heard as a scourging word. So mm. from Home on the Range. So, oh. Uh, so I guess that makes him think like, hey, home that's... At home. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then here comes my disappointment in the episode. Okay. Well, let's get yes. into it. So Excited. we find out Murdoch is at at, at uh, Max, Mac and Bozer's house. Yeah. Saying uh, he's a friend of his. Yes. And things start to go wrong. Uh, Bozer kind of fig- figures out that not right. all up and up with this guy. That's supposedly from Mac's work. I... I and you know certainly I, I wish nobody ill will on the show no no actor would want to lose them job but right. story wise I would have loved to see Bozer get killed in this oh scene. you heighten the stakes I think it would have made such you a know, great impact I think this is a good time we could talk about how we both last last week agreed it's like Bozer is like okay was he just going to be in for a couple minutes every episode and I think I think we talked about it. it's like we something's got to happen with him we've mm-hmm. got to involve him somehow and here we go. You know, his the secret is out now because yes. of of this. It's interesting. Yeah, that, I didn't even think about that to kill him. I because I mean, because admittedly, by the end of the episode, I still don't know what he's going to do other than he knows what Max Deal is. Right. But it doesn't seem like he's going to be more involved with anything on the work side. So he's just going to be his roommate and just know his deal. And we're back to square one. And yeah. So we're still going to get him at the beginning and the end of every episode, maybe. And I just thought, like, man, if you're going to set that this guy means. Right. It, I mean that there he's he's Max opposite number. Mac has certainly got a beef out to get him. Yeah, uh, like killing. You know, uh, it's interesting because we we talked a little bit on on DC about something like this. Um, or it's, uh, I'm forgetting the term. It's called burying the. I think it's called burying something where you where you a character a minority character that is on your show is killed off. I, I forgot the term because they're talking yeah. about it on Supergirl because there a couple is. Be, there is gay undertones with two characters and they think oh are they going to kill this character off mm-hmm. and that happens a lot on shows I guess like it's happened on Walking Dead and I think because of, of uh, a huge push in Hollywood right now for diversity you know uh, I don't think they will kill that character off I think it's it's an integral part it adds uh, a color to the world that signifies our world where it, it's just diverse yeah. so I mean and it's it adds another layer to it's a very diverse show when you look at it uh, uh, with Thornton and Riley and, and now him and Bozer. It's a very diverse cast. I, I, so, I completely understand that. So I think that. that I don't – then, then yeah. you, you don't want to think it factors in, but there is so much stuff like that that factors it in. Burying your gaze, that was what someone in the chat is saying. That's what it was. Wow. Something, I learned that myself. I, I know the, the term of girlfriend in the refrigerator. Yes, from the comics, like from fridging, yeah, yeah. from Kyle Rayner, yeah, Kyle, Kyle, yeah. So that that for me, I guess maybe every generation we have a new version of that, and that's burying the gaze now is that thing. So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's, you know, and I guess I wouldn't because for me, it's, I understand the, the sensitivity sensitivity for that, and you want right. to be able to have uh, every every person of every kind of creed, origin, background, ethnicity represented, yeah. but. But in a sense, I also want like a character actually to have some kind of worthwhile purpose in a show, yeah, and not just to keep uh, a character on a show to, for that reason. That, I I agree a hundred percent, and I think if it fits the storyline, you know, and helps, you know, because it, it would have added a lot of more stakes to it. It would and it would have created a much richer dynamic between him and Murdoch. 
Yeah, because I what I felt like, uh, and I, I I haven't watched any of the original Murdoch and MacGyver episodes. Right. Uh, that relationship sometimes I guess from whatever like they sometimes you know they're reluctantly forced to help each other yeah, to get out of it services. was God I would I have to, actually I'm gonna I have it think right here how many episodes he was in. Um, from what I remember, and again, this is back in the day, you have to remember, where, guys, there was no DVRing. They didn't release it on DVD. This was the VHS era with this MacGyver. So if you missed an episode, you missed an episode. And you might have caught it in syndication. So I would I would remember watching it every now and then, and he was just always his foil. I don't remember if Murdoch's first appearance was a one like this where they met. From what I remember, I think their relation, they've known each other. They had a previous... So you're kind of coming in like yeah, immediate res on their relationship. you knew what was going on with them. So he did, let's see here. He only did seven episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, everyone, Richard Dean Anderson had 139. Pete Thornton, the character Pete Thornton had 126. Jack Dalton had only had 18. That's wow. crazy. So like Bruce McGill, who was his Dalton, I thought, they ran seven seasons. So... Gosh, I thought he had so much more than that. I, I guess I must have hit the episodes that they were in. Yeah, I get that Bruce McGill heavy rotation. But se- he had seven episodes for the character of Murdoch in the original over seven years. Yeah. So that's interesting. No, that's... Uh, I'll do my research next time, and I'll find out a little bit more for you guys on that, and I'll research... Uh, maybe go back and watch a couple of the old Murdochs. Yeah, because I was really... I thought like this potential in, in the house had such tension in there. I was they, like, Isbos are going to make it out of this alive. Right, and they played it up like... The audience knew who Murdoch was. Like you remember, I, I think in, in the teasers, like Murdoch, Murdoch arrives, and they're they're playing on the the goodwill of people that watch the show, like me that knew the character. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't know, I don't know if it hit the right marks because this was almost kind of like a guy who that this was his target, and he proved resourceful. And he's like, oh well, you know, like we said, we'll say later in the episode of what he changed his whole uh, wanting to kill him. Um, it was interesting. So I think that this is kind of building the rivalry. Yeah. Um, so we see that uh, Bozer, in fact, makes it out of there alive. Uh, and Mac uh, conveniently uh, comes up with a cool way to get rid of Murdoch in there. Okay, so why do you think he put the George Washington mask on? Just because it looked creepy, which it did. I guess because, I mean, it's like... Did he, he not want to... Because unless he was going to kill Bozer, he's, he would know that Mac is going to get that yeah. intel about what he looks like. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't like Bozer was dead, yeah. which could have worked. So I say, if you killed Bozer and put on the mask, then, then you have no idea. Yeah, then that would have solved that because there would have been SOL. Yeah, uh, to try and find him, they'd be back, back to square one. But they didn't. They made it out. No, and he had a cool little gun. He made a cool, uh, cool little rock, bottle rocket gun armed two, with uh, wine two bottles. rounds. Which yeah, is smart. I was like, yes, <laughs> that was he's smart. Cool. Which I did like that. It wasn't like he's so cool he gets it with the first shot. Yeah. I did like that he made a backup. Yeah, that's good. Realizing like, hey, okay, this is the not the most reliable uh, weaponry. All right, I, be- I better make two. Uh, so then, of course, as they were kind of uh, going over the crime scene, you could realize that Bozer, not too thrilled about finding out what Mac nope. really does for a living. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Riley tries to talk to him. It's says, like, hey, do I even know who you are? What's the deal? Right. And he doesn't. Yeah. It's like, how can I trust anything that you guys have ever told me? You know, thinking about that and how he kind of reacted to all of them, I thought about this. And, you, you know, you always see it in, in, in movies and in TV shows where there's either like superhero reveals his identity or someone reveals I've been working for the FBI. And I try and think of myself, like, if my best friend came up with me and told me that and I found out this, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I want to hear all about it. Like, yeah. everyone is always upset, you know? You know, Foggy Nelson, when he finds out Matt Murdock is Daredevil, he's pissed off. And, and everyone. It's like, wouldn't you, I mean, you're, wouldn't you feel like, holy, that's awesome. I, but tell me more. I want to know more about it. You, 
they're always like, you lied to me. Now, if, you, if your best friend came up to, to you and said, told you all this stuff, yeah. and then asked, hey, but, you know, I got this place. I need an extra uh, roommate. Would you want to be a roommate with me? Yeah. Going and knowing that, you know, I, I, I go around the country and I, a world, and I'm dealing against, you know, counter-terrorist organizations and all the like. Yeah, I'd want to love it. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. I think it's a cool, like, yeah. I never understand why they're always so pissed off. They're always so mad. Because you always think, like, what are the odds if it's going to come back to home to haunt me? I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I'd be smart enough to think that far in advance. Like, oh, this could, this could come back home, and I can, <laughs> I got a dog, and I got my PlayStation. And I, I don't want stuff getting messed up here. Hey, not my PlayStation. I don't want, I don't want to be a pawn in the middle of this. Yes, <laughs> I just want to be on the sidelines. No, I just want to, I just want you to come back. I and don't tell think me these cool uh, stories. You know, Frank, I don't think that far ahead. No, no, I, I like that. I like that's that. my like, fault. Just, probably. just jumping in, you know, both feet. Don't care. Who cares? Yeah, look at chicks. <laughs> He'd be a great wingman. Look at chicks. Look at chicks. <laughs> Uh, but luckily, since Bose are still alive, and he's the only one that can ID them, they bring him back to the Phoenix Foundation. And struggling with the the, <laughs> the profile worst artist. profile artist, he didn't know what he was doing. And then he just did you see me? He just goes no equine like his nose, and then he's done like a full face sketch. That I was, was like so fast. What it was a little a little more editing. A little, we need to give him a couple more. Give a couple people some lines, and then come back to it. It was like. I just thought he was going to draw the nose and like yes. put that nose on that. No, he had the whole damn thing. He was like Tom Cruise in Ghost Protocol, where he's got in his hand. He's like, look like this, yeah. and then he has a full face on his hand. It's like he's like Tom Cruise yes. level. Come on, man! So good that they can actually run uh, you know, facial recognition off that drawing. But he is. We've seen his mask work, so he's a sculptor. So he does have the artistic skill there. And it, it wasn't like it was out of the blue. Yeah. He built those George Washington masks. No, that's true. That was good. But so still, he knows what he's doing. But it was fast. It was. It was pretty I was like, man, because I would think, like, especially like on a digital pad, like, all right, wait, nah, I want to erase that line, maybe a little bit bigger. Nope. He was just there, all one there stroke. There could have been a couple more lines of dialogue in yep. there. Yeah. They nailed it. So they find out uh, that this person's had his, uh, over eight different IDs that he's used throughout the years. Okay. Probably related to the missions that he's been on. And so now that they know, oh, man, how serious this guy is, they still want to bench Mac again. Yeah. And th- Mac still doesn't want to do it, but then Jack and Mac talk. And again, another scene between the two of them that I really liked. They're, they're great together. And yeah. They're good dynamic. Definitely yeah. definitely different dynamic from the original because the original they were much closer in age. And the original Dalton was a little... Not portly, that's not a good word. A little, you know... Thick? Thicker, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, Mac was the in-shape guy of the two. And I just like Jack saying, you know, I can't handle your death on my conscience. Don't do this to me. I yeah. couldn't live if I knew that you you got killed right on my watch. Yeah, I was like, great. that was just a nice little emotional beat between those two characters. Absolutely. And I, it, what I did like though is that Mac, because I was like, oh, is Mac just going to say yes and then just do what he did again when he was in the locked room? <laughs> but I was glad that he took a beat and he actually took right. Jack's words uh, to heart. Like I felt like, all right, what Jack said meant something to Mac. Yeah, and he was willing to listen to him in that moment. Absolutely. So I feel like, all right, Max is not always going to be like, I always got the right answer. I'm going to do what I want. Right, right, right. Uh, but then I felt like when, uh, so the deal is that uh, Jack, uh, Jack Thornton and Riley, they're able to trace the, uh, using the uh, low jack of this rental vehicle. Off the rental vehicle? Yes. To a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Come on. If you know it's in a junkyard, like, no dude's just hanging out just waiting or, like, plotting and not, not right, setting something right. up. Like, guys, you know you're walking into a trap. You right, got to right. know that. I agree. I agree. Uh, and this was, okay, let me think of what were the two things. Okay, this is the f- second of the, where the people are not talking behind the scenes everyone shows up and thornton is in a dress and heels that bugged the hell out of me like she'd be in some kind of tactical outfit she'd have pants on or boots or something i know they came right from the office but she would have gone to the armory pulled her pulled the weapon 
Yes. And put something... It just looked ridiculous to me, and that to me is just... Costuming wasn't talking to set that day or something. It just... She's a field... And we've seen her in action. We've seen her in the pilot. She was physical, dressed in that kind of outfit. So I don't know why they just didn't have that. It, I would it agree bugged that. the hell out of me. Because it would take that long for High a quick heel she was in. And just like, come on. Yeah, I, that, that is a great call. Because I'm just like, you, you, you know how dangerous this guy is. Right. You know what you're getting into. This is gonna, you're, <laughs> yeah. Something's going to end in a firefight or something. Got my heels on. Come These on, put really a vest good. on or something. Well, the vest on would have saved them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I felt like none of them wore vests. None of them. Like, you would have. You would have. You're the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. You, you do this stuff for a living. You. Yeah, you, came, like, you came in there like Keystone Cops, like that's you true. know, car coming in, smoke everywhere, and then they're fanning out. I'm like, wait, in the middle, of the, come on, let's get some tactical awareness here, guys. Especially like with Riley, at very least, even though you're giving her some training, she's right. still not completely experienced. Always put a vest on her if you're going to go out in yeah. the field. What, yeah. what, what's the harm in that? Uh, but they find out that okay, guess what? There's remote sniper guns trained on them. He's got right. laser sights on them, uh-huh. and uh, MacGyver's listening in. Murdoch gets into their feed and say, "Hey, you know what? I'll kill these three guys, but..." I'll change my tune if MacGyver, you come here, and instead, you let me kill you, I'll let the three of them go. So it's a nice switch. And I, I, Do you think it was because Mac was a challenge now? Of all his targets, Mac uh, back put up a fight. Yeah, a that's challenge right. there. Uh, yeah, he goes, uh, I, what's I, 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 Mac, you've, uh, you've made everything so damn interesting. It would be a huge honor to be the one to finally put you in the ground. See, I like that. That was cool, because he's, prob- he's probably, you know... Not bored. He seems like the kind of the, the guy that would be bored with what he does, and now here's a challenge. It's I, and I think that was the reasoning behind the original uh, Mac and Murdoch. He gave him not a reason to live. It's just kind of you know, um, like it's thr- a challenge. The, it's a thrill. He liked the thrill of the chase, the thrill of the hunt, the thrill of the kill. You know. Now, because all right, so far, I mean, MacGyver's impressed him just by using the electrical wires on the railing mm-hmm. and then making his cool wine bottle pi- bottle rocket gun. Right. Those two things were like enough to like, hey, for Murdoch say, you know what? I've never seen anything more interesting than that. Guess what, man? I really got to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his targets before him were just accountants and desk jockeys that had no skills whatsoever, and they were easy targets. You know, he just shot him from across the hallway or across a building with a sniper rifle. I, I don't know. I can't speak for it. Yeah. I don't know. His his resume of previous targets is probably lacking. <laughs> sure. So, so far, when he says that, I'm just like, you know, sure, certainly I'm always impressed by MacGyver's you know, improbability. Right. But still, I was like, that's pretty, like, a you know, low bar of entry. Like, I've never seen anything more interesting than that in all my assignments. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, But Matt goes to the junkyard. Uh, and then, you know, what I was, I was hoping for a really cool uh, game of cat and mouse between the two of them came off to me is just really just dull and disappointing okay this is gonna go to my third all right point of it not matching up like you could see in the script where like the guy who plays uh, murdoch is not um physically what i would think of an assassin assassin you know um I don't know. He's much more mentally right. He's unhinged. Definitely unhinged. So I get that. So he would need to set up with all the guns. You know, he's smart. Covers bases. But then they stick him in that thing. He's got that giant cannon of a gun and that giant keyboard. (laughs) Like, and to me, I think they read in script, you know, remote control device, machine gun. I think props showed up with this giant thing for him. Is like... 
all right, can we get props for uh, David's uh, remote control device? And the guy comes over and is like, all right, David, this is... And, and they're looking... And the director's like, what am I going to... How are you going to use this thing? Do <laughs> you anything smaller? Someone have an iPad for him to use? And they're like, well, no, I got the radio remote here. And, and he's like, all right. And David, take your gun. So then he's got the gun and he's like running through the... Like this. And it's just like... It looked ridiculous. It's like... That to me was like props. Didn't talk to the gun guy. Did not talk to the script soup. Because, I mean, didn't it look ridiculous? That giant, like, he could have had a handgun. Yes. And, like, some kind of iPad remote or or, 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 a wrist device. Like an iPad or or iPhone on a wrist that it was, like, you know, touch screen like that. Mm -hmm. And a handgun. Because he could have run. It could have been a much more physical chase. But I think if you put some Benny Hill music to that scene and you have a whole different TV show all of a sudden. It just, again, to me, it just felt like, and I've seen that happen on set where, it calls for something, and the director is just like, "I can't. What is this?" Like, and the actor and the director are like, "Well, this is not gonna." Uh, we got, got two hours of daylight left. All right, let's just shoot it. Just don't don't run as fast. Kind of hobble along. Yeah, you got to make, make do. Sell this. Yeah, yeah, make this. Make you believe that you would. This is the choice that you actually made. Yeah, because that gun, that is a, that's a gun you'd put a tripod at the front of it. You know, the little cross, yes. and you'd lay down and shoot. That's not a run with one handed gun. It just. Yeah, because especially like if he wants I Mac mean, to come there and you want that honor putting, you know it's going to be a more up close kill, right? So like, there's no sense to have this big huge gun that you'd be trying to kill somebody from hundreds of yards away. And almost that's a that's a good point where you could sit there and go, you know what, Mac, you you deserve you deserve up close and personal death because you know, he drops the gun and pulls a knife and he's like, I want to get close and personal with you like that. You know, yeah, a knife is so much more when they talk about assassination. That's so much harder. The closer you are to someone, you know. To kill them, anyone could kill anyone with a gun from a thousand feet away. With especially that hand cannon he's packing there, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, so, so with that giant, it, just, it looked like one of those 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 organs that people put around their neck, and you know, <laughs> they, they got the buttons on the side. And that's what it looked like to me. He was lugging around because I felt like once like Mac got on the scene, I, I think like as Jack or uh, Thornton or Riley. You could reasonably assume that, well, I guess that he's going to be so distracted with Mac that he's probably not paying that close attention. Right. Because I feel like he's hardly paying attention to what's going on here. Like, they, there's so many times they could have just took off. Right. And yeah. been fine. Yeah. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? Right. Uh, so they do get, uh, so he does just approve that he means business. He does have one of the guns shoot Thornton in the shoulder. Yeah. It's good. A little through and through. Through and through. Yeah. And finally, the deal is that he doesn't he doesn't release them just by Mac showing up. He Mac has to die for the other three to be released. Yep. Uh, so then we get into a really lame chase scene amongst the, the auto wreckage in this junkyard. Mac was like skidding everywhere in those rocks. Oh. It was just like, oh man, this was such. I, I wanted, I wanted something. I wanted like, but you know, like also Mac's got the upper hand, and and you see Murdoch trying to improvise uh, back and forth right. like this and trying to get something, and it just was like. No, I felt bad for him too because he had boots, some kind of boot, and it was like that rocky gravel. So you just know he was like not being able to run anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like we, why did we pick this location? I can't run on this. Yeah, oh, I, I, I was so underwhelmed by this. Yeah, especially like my gosh, this is Murdoch. One of the, everybody thinks of like this is like you know MacGyver's one of the greatest opponents. Right, you needed to. He needed to unshackle from that radio and gun. Yes, and be more mobile, but it just. And it was daylight, so you could see everything. I don't... Yeah, if you were trying to set like the benchmark, like, hey, guys, guess what? We're putting Murdoch and in again, this series. And again, written on the page, you know, scrapyard, because there's so many different levels and hiding areas. Matt, you know, scope lasers trained on a three. Mac and Murdoch having this cat and mouse. It reads well. Yeah. But the execution is different, you know. And again, there's so much that goes into it. Who knows 
what locations they could find. You know, junkyard was probably something different that we haven't seen on the show. And true, but I feel I like get, you still could you could have staged it and shot it to look a little more interesting. Because like, even like the angles that they're using for some of the shots were just yeah, it, it, it didn't yeah like the least like interesting way to frame some of these scenes. We're just like we just get to see him run and then jump behind it. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Riley uses her hacking skills once uh, Mac disrupts the signal using which a, was, that was yeah, cool. Like that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like all right. Yeah, we've we've I think we've all dealt with that before. You can't get a signal because the radio is. Something signal stronger, which was really cool. Yeah, I did like that. So uh, Riley then turns it around and, and gets control of the remote guns and trains them all on Murdoch, which mm-hmm. I thought was a little cool yeah. moment. Uh, and they capture they capture Murdoch, which he says, you know, guess what? I've never been captured before. Which was, was cool. That yeah. was good. Uh, no one has survived. No one has caught me before. No one has survived <laughs> me before. I'm so impressed by you. If uh, <laughs> which was the, cool. I yeah. mean, yeah, it was very cool. Like I think we could have given a little bit more when they were describing the hits about S218 whatever he was called and, and build his resume up in the eyes of the audience knowing that this is a terrible man does terrible things to his victims has escaped certain you know FBI Interpol MI6 or whatever they should have kind of given his list at the beginning so we knew going in this guy's tough yeah but then again maybe the Keystone Cops moment in the in the junkyard would have been like, well, that's all it really took to get him. Yeah, because I was hoping they'd show like more facets. Like, okay, we see that he's uh, good with like you know small handguns and, and yeah. gunfights. Yeah, he can hold his own there. I was hoping we'd see some other aspects of him to kind of see. Man, he's a well-rounded opponent. Yeah, like with Mac, he can hold himself reasonably well in a fist fight if he needs to. Yeah, and then he's still got his improv skills and all, and then all his you know his science knowledge that he has too. Right. So I was hoping we'd see a little bit more of Murdoch's, uh, you know, you know, bag of tricks. Yes. Yeah. So like, man, okay, this guy really stacks up well. And again, I don't know if it's the, a casting, you know, because this guy does not strike me as a physical threat. Correct. But I could see where if that actor was in the room with casting and, you know, they're doing a scene and it's just his face, he's creepy and he plays that very well, that unhinged. God, you just had to look at his work in The Dark Knight, where he's yeah. just nuts, but just not all there behind his eyes. And I think they wanted that for Murdoch. You could tell, but then the physical has to definitely come into it because he's got to be a threat. Has yeah. to be. I just wanted a little bit more from our first appearance of Murdoch. But they he is captured. He's put away there. Uh, uh, Mac apologizes, uh, apologizes to Bowser. Now, wait, like, wait. Did you like how we were given the name of Murdoch? Oh, I, if I had to pick one, I've always been partial to Murdoch. Yeah, that to me... Is again playing on the goodwill of people who watch the show. You know, we knew who he was. I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know. It didn't. It just struck me as well. We've got to tell the name to the audience. We've got to give him that. Yeah. Let's do it this way. Which, yeah, I don't know. I think like if you're a fan of the old school MacGyver, you probably by that point you've already figured out who he is. Right. So I feel like that reveal only really pays off for people that are like. Right. I think you knew who he was. I think this is something that you could have played off. Down the seat, down the line, season another season where they finally have that moment to home good because that's the good thing about Murdoch and him. It's like you said in the original series, someone was telling you they had those where they were thrown together and had to work together scenes and, and, and episodes. So you will definitely see him again. Yeah, and it just would have built so much more. But I think like if well you mentioned even last week, like when you saw like the the prison, uh, the security being yeah, overridden, yeah, yeah, yeah. like if you like said like if you were kind of planting little seeds along the way, and this led up to this episode where. I was seeing fun. Man, Murdoch was the guy that was responsible oh, yeah, yeah. for a lot of this. Yes, that would have already upped his rep coming into this episode. Like, whoa, all right, he's already been screwing with our guys. Thinking about it now because I just watched it. it. Did you see Spectre, the most recent Bond? Yes. 
And I know a lot of people didn't like it, but when Blofeld was saying, he's like, I've been the author of all your pain. It was so good to think back on all the Bond films and how he was responsible. So we could have had all these little kernels in the episode so far. And he's like, all those things, that was me. Yeah. Just but kinda, it didn't fit with the way that they were introducing him. Yeah, because it would have been... Missed opportunity. Like, yeah, because if he would have been given the, the, the contract to kill McGovern at the beginning of the season, and just along right. the way he's kind of just testing him, trying to find out his strengths and weaknesses. And yeah. And now he's yeah. like, I got a good eye, handle on you. I'm coming for you right now. Huh. Very but, good. I like that. Well, I guess if I have a writer's room, if you need me, just uh, you know, reach me and have a I'm going to write down those, those <laughs> things you could use. And that's great. Uh, and then we end the episode with him as he kind of does like his little monologizing. Uh, he's in a little restaurant. And then who comes in? Before Let me, let me oh, go, go real quick before you, we get to that. Uh, don't you think, uh, Bozer, that would have gotten another digit? Yes. Leading them to the face... <laughs> Yeah, he should have gotten a digit from her on that one. That's at least a two. One for the face and one for like the, the lies and yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't get any of this. Should have been at least two digits on there. Come on, man. At least if you you're could keeping do. him around, give him the digits. <laughs> She's stringing that guy along. It better pay off. It better pay off. Okay, uh, so get to the end there. Yeah, sitting in a diner by himself. Yeah, and then Nikki cool. comes walking in, a gun under the table. Of course, yeah, I didn't catch the gun at first because there was a noise. Oh, and yes. he, he's like. And then, oh, I was like, well, she just sat down and then now they're gone. Now, uh, of course, Murdoch said that Nikki was the one that hired him right. to do this. And it seems weird because during their conversation, when he says that to Nikki, Nikki says, hey, do you think I would do something like that? Yeah. So trying to figure out, like, who's telling the truth in that Did that Or moment. did she know that Murdoch is no match for MacGyver? I don't, I'm very curious. Because didn't she say she's like, the people that I'm working with are much worse than me? Like, yes. You've, you don't know what you're dealing with. I was trying to keep you safe. So. Yeah. Keep him safe by killing him? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she she claims that she doesn't want him dead and that she didn't hire Murdoch. Uh, but does she, she does ask if he still has that key that he that uh, she got got yeah. to him and says you're uh, you're going to need it soon because it's going to answer every question you have. And he says the only question I have is why, and he says that can't be the only question. So maybe Nikki's playing both sides. Yeah, because she's a double double agent. Could be because she mentions uh, uh, what happened to Burkov, somebody that was killed in Syria during an exfiltration. Was that they talk about that in the pilot? I think I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they say, like, who told you that? Thornton? Are you sure you're on the right side? So I feel like the idea that Nikki thinks she and the people that she worked for are really on the right side. And the Phoenix Foundation is in the wrong. Mm, which Could would be, be interesting. I, I, maybe there might be some instances where Thornton's pass is a little shady, but I still think ultimately... She's got to be shady. I think she's shady, but I think ultimately on the side of good. That's what I would think. Right, right. Do anything for my country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we see, like, hey, I'm here to warn you, Murdoch may have failed, but the next one might not, uh, and you'll never be safe. I just had to let you know. And then Max shows her a picture of her family house and says, Whoa. hey. Now, it's always at the end of the episode, like we did with Salazar. Was it Salazar in the last one, the, the prison guy? Yes. The same? And he had that moment with him where he's like, I'll be waiting for you. Like, Mac gets edgy at the end of every episode, and I want to see more of that. Mm -hmm. I want to see the way that the scenes at the very end play out. I want that the through line of the episode. I want that characterization, that kind of edge to him. Yes. Because he's good. He's like, you know, does this look familiar to you? And at first I'm like, oh, was that their house that they were going to have together or, you know, eventually move into? And it's like, it's her family, right? Yeah. So he's like, you play with me. I'm going to play. You mess with my friends. I'm going to mess with your family. It's, like, uh, it's good, though. Yeah, it, it adds a level to MacGyver. You're like, oh, you got, you're kind of, you know, you're not this shiny, happy, good guy. You you will play dirty. Yeah, which and I agree with you. It would be nice to see more shades of that during the course of yeah, the episode. I, I, yeah, I just sometimes the the show itself gets a little. I just want a little more edge to them. I just want it to be. 
Yeah, and that's you know I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to explain. But no, I'm I can to understand feel. that because I feel like that's why I wanted to see. Uh, I mean, you know, again, Bozer, him being killed, I think would have just added a little edge to the show and just would have just oh, raised yeah. the stakes there for just establishing Murdoch as like this is like a really serious I contender. I don't think Bozer's safe. I think if they're going to kill someone, it's going to be him. I wouldn't. I mean, the obvious one would be Thornton. Like if they're going to kill a character eventually, you know, every every series gets into that with a, a major character dying, whether ratings drop or whatever, or they've got to change it up. But Bozer's is the one I think that would hurt him the most, even more than than Dalton, because Dalton's almost seems like it's it's in the line of duty. Yes. Whereas Bozer's kind of an outside guy. Like I didn't sign up for this, but I'm along for the ride now. Yeah, and I can't imagine like I mean, long term, do we think Bozer is going to stay, or like would he eventually reach a point where like you know I got to move? Depends on how good the audience likes him, mm-hmm. you know how, how popular he is with with the audience. But I did love that, and I loved when they all got up. Yes, I would have loved, and again, it's so nitpicky. Uh, I apologize to you guys, but even if the waitress got up, was part of the team, <laughs> like yeah, the, right. whole, yes. the whole the, the whole, whole restaurant, damn restaurant, to show that we we are in charge. We know what we're doing. We knew we know you come here. This is your place. And the, even the waitress would have left, but it was just all the patrons. But I would love to see the and he's just sat there alone. He's like, what? And they pan out, and there's the, the the outside shot of the cafe and just him by himself. Like that would have been I, really cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that leads us. We have a, uh, like a quick ninety seconds to do a little predicting for maybe oh. next week's episode. Now, when you could, your after Buzz TV predictions. Now you knew Mac um, Murdoch was going to be in this one, so. Do you watch it on normal? TV? Yes. So, so you they, get the okay. I'm using watching on the CBS app, which you guys can check out if you don't have cable. Check out the CBS app, free download, and you get yeah. every episode for free. Not get a bad through the commercials, um, but they don't they don't do that. So I don't know what's happening next episode. So uh, give me yeah, a ne- uh, well next week's episode. They're in an embassy, so I feel like it's getting away from the certain mythology and getting back to more of a standalone episode where okay. they're trapped in an embassy and people are trying to get in and they're trying to get the the people inside the agency to. Uh, so we're getting to, another uh, episode, and I know there's. A, I'm gonna look it up. There's a name for episodes where it's one location, like the prison like, was last week, like a battle episode. Yeah, yeah, like where there's always, uh, you know, a prison breakout episode. Now this is an embassy. They're all locked together in an embassy. And again, it's a budget because it's one location and it saves them travel time. But uh, well, now that we've seen uh, Nikki, how fast? Do you, uh, how soon begin before we see her and kind of get the hopefully idea? Hopefully sparingly. This is something I think they can pepper in okay. to build to a season finale. Well, I mean the fact that they, they, they just or get... a mid-season finale, which is coming up in two three weeks or so. That's true. And I would like hopefully I'd it'd be great for mid-season finale to have something to do with that key, where maybe it's leading him to, to where he's going to go get some of these yeah ans- questions if his answered yeah. But look at that. The time were, flies. Yes, it does. My gosh. We're down MacGyver. I'm glad I took that jacket off. I'm hot now. I get, <laughs> I get riled up talking about MacGyver. <laughs> uh, but, folks, thanks so much for joining us for the MacGyver After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. In the meantime, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks so much for everybody hopping in the chat. Uh, we appreciated all your comments. Uh, I know Mike enjoyed reading them uh, throughout the episode. I lost the feed halfway through, so I tried to pretend like I was looking, guys, but we lost you. No! But you I know kept what? trying to get us back. That, that chat room is always in our hearts. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes, we, every one of your keystrokes was just made us a little bit warmer right here. That's why Mike had to take his jacket off. That's right. Uh, in the meantime, folks, you can also continue the conversation with us even after the show's over on Twitter. Mike, where can they find you? You can find me at Mike Kalinowski on Twitter. Uh, DC Movie News right here on the Popcorn Talk Network as well as the DC Character Corner, which runs uh, once a week, at least two weeks. We try and throw up a new episode every week for that. 
Uh, I'm going to be doing, if you guys are fans of the Schmoville over at Collider, the Schmoes Knows guys, they invited me to join their movie trivia Schmodown. Nice! Uh, I'm one of the new, con- new con- uh, contenders going for it. Uh, I have not, d- I've not uh, shot my episode, so it's not out yet, obviously, but when I'm going to get ready to go on, uh, I'll let you guys know. I'd love to have some fans for that one. So I'm, I'm going to the big leagues with those guys. Look they at are, that. They are movie trivia crazy. Oh, and I'm man. jumping into the ring. All right. It's going uh, to be cool to check out. Uh, folks, you can check me out doing nothing nearly as fun as that. Uh, but follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. We can continue uh, chatting about MacGyver or whatever you want to talk about. I'm, I'm cool. I'm laid back. If you want to talk about how I felt about seeing Mike take his jacket off in person, I'll get to break that all down oh, for gosh. you. Oh, gosh. a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll see you next week for another episode of the MacGyver After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.